there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox. Welcome to With Friends Like These. Today's guest is a friend like this. It's Rick Wilson, former practitioner of the dark arts for Republicans, current practitioner of the dark arts for not Republicans. The I forces guess. of goodness. He's the author of two best-selling books, most recently Running Against the Devil, A Plot to Save America from Trump and the Democrats from Themselves. Rick Wilson. Hello, my friend. How are you? Breathe, Anna. Breathe. (laughs) Think about this. The arc of the universe bent a little towards justice today because Roger Stone is going to prison. If that doesn't bring a smile to your face, I don't know what will. Okay, that does make me smile. It brings a very specific (laughs) smile to my face, which is the smile of a person dressed as the penguin. Correct. You know, like – and it also is fun to think of him wearing the prison grays. You know. Not only that, they're a polycotton blend, which I think makes Roger's skin uh, <laughs> blister immediately. <laughs> also, eh, there's all these, you know, Trump, he's like on a pardoning spree and a revenge sure. spree. And this is how democracy dies, I'm pretty sure. Well, you know, so, w- we did see today a little bit of the the judiciary and, and push back on that in the Stone case. Of basically saying, no, we're not going to be pressured by tweets from the White House or any of that or that business, that nonsense. And you saw the line prosecutors today walking back even from Barr's crazy, you know, Trump-driven order in the course of that. So, you know, once in a while when you see a little green shoot pop up, you have to you have to recognize that that all is not lost yet. And as dark as it is, there are times when you you get a sign out there in the world that that there are still a few people who give a shit and who are willing to stand up. And and both Amy Berman Jackson, the judge in the case, and the, and the, and the DOJ prosecutors, you know, they came right out and they said, this is a righteous prosecution. It is righteous then yeah. and it's righteous now. So There were so many amazing moments in that sentencing hearing, actually, um, including the lead new prosecutor since the four that were prosecuting mm-hmm. him all resigned in protest, um, who signed the new sentencing recommendation right. – Refuse to say who wrote uh-huh. it? Which means it rhymes with <laughs> schmil schmar. <laughs> it was it's an incredible thing though to see that mm-hmm. happen, you know, in public, to see it is. what is all but a condemnation of the behavior of the president and the attorney general. 
And yet, I guess, yes, green shoots, green shoots, but there's still so much shit raining down from the look, sky. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, look, I'm not disputing the fact that Donald Trump is entirely out of control right now. And that yes, Donald Trump— that is the thing. That is the is thing. —is fully <laughs> empowered. Uh, look, I, 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 I'm just going to say this. Uh, I, I say this a lot, it, that there are still going to be very, very rough days ahead. There are going to be a lot of days when when it looks you know very very grim out there, but Trump is mentally unstable. He is surrounded by people who are trying to patch this thing together every day, and I do think there's a point where where you know the pardons pardons of uh, of of fiscal criminals to own the libs has a very limited political resonance outside of the Trump base. And outside of people mm-hmm. who may envision themselves as someday being in that position of needing a pardon from the president, which, you know, if you wake up every day and think, you know, I might need that someday, you're in the wrong line <laughs> well, of work. Well, I think that the, the dream is someday I might be rich enough to get away with financial crimes, right? <laughs> like that's, that's, that's the real dream. You know, I, so part of me thinks you're right because you, there is this just blatant disregard mm-hmm. Uh, for justice, we, just justice with a capital mm-hmm. J, right? And the cronyism also completely just unabashed, flat center out. stage, yep. flat out. And that offends me as an American. As it should. Right? Not as a Democrat. That offends sure. me as a human. And it's just right there. Everyone can see it. Ooh. <laughs> and yet, I do feel like maybe the problem isn't that people— don't see the green shoots. It's just that, I, I mean, I I feel dumb saying it out loud, but it's just become just another thing. Like we're so used well, you know, to the that, you're, outrageousness. No, you're not wrong, Anna. We have become very inured to this constant drumbeat of, oh, what criminal shit did the president do today? And right. I, I will say this. I think that part of the, uh, of what I call Trump's, uh, fragile strength is that <laughs> he has this enormous advantage is that he's shameless about everything. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about any individual. And by the way, he may well just let Roger rot in prison because the sentence isn't long enough to really hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a guy who does not care about other people. He has no emotional attachment to other human beings. And and so he takes actions all the time that are driven only by his ego and his needs and his weird psychology and all the all the sick, you know, broken shit inside of him that that is, you know, definitional to Trumpism and to Trump himself. And those things aren't popular with voters. Those things aren't, you know, no one wakes up in the morning and goes, you know, I really wish I had a president who would bail out his criminal friends. That's really what I was looking for in 2016. You know, I didn't want to vote for Hillary, but I was looking for somebody who would go ahead and pardon and commute the sentences of, of you know, guys like Michael Milken. You know, nobody woke up thinking this is a great idea. Um, and yeah. so even his defenders are like, mm, yeah, well, it's his right to do it as president. So, yeah. Well, but the problem is only it has to be just enough people are okay with that, right? Just enough people in Wisconsin and yep. Pennsylvania and Ohio have to be okay well, with it. Because he's been the same person for all sure, this time, sure. right? 
And what I so I actually want to get I, we cannot talk about him without talking about the the election, right? Because my fear is that the corruption won't be enough. It, it should be enough because you've said a thousand it's times it's a killer app in politics. Well, I will say this. I will say this. Even if it doesn't drag him, it is going to have a down ballot effect on Republicans. Oh yeah, that, and, I believe and that. This is this is a certitude. We have studied this question. Um, and we, I mean, we've got like, done voter file research on it. Um, uh, from and the, and the big case studies for this are seventy four with Watergate, obviously ninety four with all the House banking scandal. Remember, a Speaker of the House lost his seat because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, where and the Democrats were like, oh, this doesn't matter, nobody cares, and it was this undersurface issue. This is before Fox, before the right wing media enterprise. And and voters hated the whole House Bank, House Post Office scandal. They hated it. And then in 2006, you had the combination of of the Enron, Abramoff corruption in Washington and the war bearing down on voters. And Republicans, you know, and I was one of the few that was like clanging the alarm, but like, guys, we're going to get fucked if we don't straighten some of this out. We have to throw some people off the sled. And they wouldn't. And so, you know, we took a big hit in 2006 in the Republican Party because of it. And it and it was weird because it it hurt Bush's numbers on the top, but not as much as you would have thought. And but it slaughtered the guys down ballot. It just it just destroyed the down ballot guys. Wrecked them. Okay, but didn't you just mention all off-year like elections? So I, I want to feel good about what you're saying. Well, we don't have an end. We don't have an end case. Uh, we don't have a. Uh, we don't have a case. Like, I mean, the problem with on-year presidentials is there are so few of them to build a like a, right. a statistical model of what scandal does to them. We know, we have some ideas, but you know there there are more heavy weighting factors than just that in the off year or in the on years. But I will say right. this: the perception that Trump is self-interested and corrupt and is not a truthful person is out there in the polling. You know, it screams out in the polling every day. Even people who yeah. support Donald Trump often tell pollsters things like, well, um, you know, I wish he wouldn't do all those things that he's doing and I wish he wouldn't make money off that. I wish he wouldn't tweet. And, you know, I guess my 401k is all right, but I don't like everything he does. And so, you know, you start making people feel responsible yeah, you know, if the Democrats had a like, I don't know, call me crazy, an effective campaign operation, um, <laughs> we'll get yeah. to that. I promise. <laughs> uh, and I'm not bucking for Tom Perez's job, but I would do it better. <laughs> oh man! Oh, well, you know, I joke. You, I, I was talking I would... to one of a, a very, very, very meaningful Democratic donor recently, and person asked me, "He said, well, what would you be doing?'" I said, "Well, listen, if you put me in that job hypothetically, everyone would hate me. It would be so horrible." And yet six months later, you'd be like, oh, my God, shit actually works. How's that happening? <laughs> but yeah, OK. Anyway. I mean, we can talk. This is actually I we've we've gotten this far without actually mentioning any Democratic candidates. And mm-hmm. I think that that could be true for the rest of our conversation, because tell me, Rick, you say this a thousand times and I've coming to believe it. Perhaps you say Re-elections are always a referendum on the incumbent. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Every time. In theory, does it matter who the Democratic nominee is even? Well, it doesn't matter except if the Democratic nominee 
ends up disqualifying themselves and ends up costing you the House and the Senate. And and I know that this that this is as I like to joke, R.I.P. my timeline. But if I was still doing what I used to do for the team I used to do it for for many many years and very very successfully, every morning I would wake up and think, "Dear God, let it be Bernie." Every morning, that would be my my singular obsession with how could I engineer Bernie Sanders as as the opponent to Donald Trump. Because, you know, there's nothing, guys, in rural Michigan and Wisconsin, in, you know, who voted for Obama once and then for Trump. There's nothing they're looking for more than a crazy socialist who's 80 years old and screams all the time. Yeah, it's just like the top of their list. I just will remind you, that is almost exactly what Democrats were saying when Donald Trump was running about his candidacy. But, you know, I talk about this in both of my books and all the time. There is a trick that my side has used for a generation now to drag Democratic voters who should vote Democratic, who are inclined to vote Democratic in all kinds of ways but are not progressives, away from the Democratic Party. And that's the cultural mismatch. And whether it's right or wrong, that that guy, that, that Democratic union worker outside of Detroit, Michigan, in Oakland County, he feels more culturally like Donald Trump, then he feels culturally like Bernie Sanders. And that's about guns, and that's about abortion, and that's about a whole bunch of other well, stuff. Bernie's actually been act- relatively, as you would say, good on guns compared to other people. Relatively speaking. Um, but, you know, he is still, and again, we're, we, we have this conversation a lot, but, uh, but Bernie's entire affect does not scream out rural and suburban Midwestern voter. And as I joke all the time, I'm actually, I'm not joking about it. There is a conceit, I believe, in the minds of many people who support Bernie that somewhere lurking out there in the Midwest is a majority ready to rise up in this populist wave on the left. And, you know, the polling I've looked at doesn't show it. Um, and and the polling and the populism in that part of the world that seems to actually obtain is is more right-wing populism than progressive populism. I will remind you, I'm sure you've seen this, but in the crosstabs for New Hampshire and Mm -hmm. Iowa, Bernie carried people making less than $100,000. So, I mean, he's got the support of working-class people there, and I believe Iowa meets the definition of Midwest. Largely speaking, it's it's also, you know, very (laughs) lily-white— Um, True, but you're talking about white people. Literally, you just told me Midwestern white yeah, well, people. Look, and I'm telling you, Midwestern working class white people appear to like Bernie. Uh, my concern, uh, my concern uh, also, and also, look, those are, that's in a Democratic primary. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not, we're not at the point where where there's been an engagement on the gigantic five thousand page oppo file on Bernie's crazy statements from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousand. The greatest hits of Bernie Sanders. Um, and like I said, if I was still doing this job, I would be terrified of a Warren or a Biden know. or a Bo- or a Pete yes. or or an Amy on that ticket because they could rise into a position into a position where it just becomes the referendum on Trump. I think if it's so. A, if it's Bernie Sanders, it's a referendum for, on on two competing policy visions, and Trump will win that battle. 
because mm-hmm. America likes its socialism disguised as not socialism. Yeah. I mean, and and I write about this in the book. It, it, there, you know, we are perfectly content in this country to play footsie with socialism, with Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and disability. And God knows, disability Trump voters love. Okay, um, but the fact that older voters are the voters who vote, and older voters are not keen on the the word socialism, the brand of socialism is not bueno with people over the age of say fifty five. And there's a ton of polling about it. And every day that Bernie walks back into that, I'm a democratic socialist like Denmark, you know, every day he does that is another ad that the Trump people can cut. And believe me, I I could have made three or four great, nasty cutting ads just based off of last night's performance. Okay, we're going to have to get off of this because we are talking about something too close to home for me. And the bros are coming. (laughs) Well... Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all problematic. All right. I actually want to sort of test some hypotheses. Test away. I understand. If you were working for uh, the other Mm -hmm. side and uh, it was that analysis you were doing, you would want Bernie. Fine. Okay. I believe you. Now I want you to imagine something else, which is like, let's say Bernie gets the nomination. What advice do you give the Democrats to make him work? Um, well, I my advice to the Democrats is save yourselves. Run for <laughs> okay. the fucking exit. No, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. No. no, I'm not joking. Run for the fucking exits. Run your campaign independent as a Democrat from Michigan or in a Democrat from Nevada or Democrat from wherever. Because Bernie Sanders takes away the chance to capture the Senate. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be too dramatic about it, but I, I truly believe that if you have Bernie Sanders as the nominee and you end up with an election that becomes, are we going to be a free market capitalist country led by a crazy person? Or are we going to become, you know, Bernie socialist wonderland? You will have enough people out there in those swing states that will blow this thing up and you will end up putting the house in danger. You will end up you know, not having the Senate in reach. And right now, the the House is safe and the Senate's in reach. Okay. I get that that's your advice for the Democrats. I want you to imagine, just push yourself a little further. You have been hired by the Bernie Sanders campaign. Denounce socialism. Is that it? It's a start. So do you have to just say over and over again, democratic socialist is not socialist? Yeah, you have to say, you know, I believe I know America is a is a is a country based on markets and, and hard work and everything else. And, you know, you can get back to appealing to working people. Um, but there is also something about Bernie. And I don't I'm not going to say this based on polling, but I'm going to say it based on just sort of like campaign observational anecdotal behavior over the years. I know that's a weak weak hand generally, but I've been around the block a few times. The at some point, just saying we can do this for free and that for free and this for free and that for free and free this, free that, free this. At some point, even the voters you're targeting to try to appeal to are going to go, wait a minute. Uh, nothing's free. Because nothing is free. And and, and I, I wonder if that I wonder if there's like a. An upper limit of that. A boundary layer, a boundary layer where that's believable. Because, you know, everybody's like, okay, let's raise taxes on the wealthy. Okay. Well, at some point, you know, when you're promising trillion here, trillion there, even when you bankrupt Jeff Bezos in in a year, you may not be able to pay for it all. And so I think that there's a a question there 
of is there a point where like promising everything all the time, free college and free health care and, and, and all these things? I would again uh, counterpoint Donald Trump. Sure, but Donald Trump is a con artist. And I will well, say this. Yeah, con but artists, I'm saying no, like he artists, seems to suggest that there's no upper limit on what you can promise because he promised a bunch of bullshit that to you and I was clearly oh, of course. a con. Of course. But there was no upper limit on it. Well, I mean, look, Trump also had a long-running brand image of being a very, very wealthy man who was very, very successful. Now, it was all bullshit, as we know. He's a clown living on credit. But that um, that image was enormously powerful. We would sit in focus groups in 16 and 15, and these voters would just go, no, Mr. Trump's the richest man in America. Oh, no, Mr. Trump's done all yeah. these deals. He's he's so wealthy. He's so smart. He's a great negotiator. And it was all shit they'd seen on The Apprentice. Right. And and he will get us the free stuff. He correct. Will he'll make, he'll the make free great stuff. deals. His great deals will yeah. get us the free stuff we deserve. And, you know, Bernie's basically you know, sort of, you know, deus ex tax increase for all of his programs. And, I, you know, there's also this aspirational thing in American voters' heads where even when they're not rich, they want to be rich at some point. Right. And I, I think there may be a sort of, like I said, I think there's a weak spot there. And I don't have, I'm not giving you like a hard analytical edge to that, the, 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 to that assertion yet. But I, I just feel like, you know, at some point, hey, kids, we're going to not just go to Disneyland. We're going to buy it. And it's going to be yours from now on. You know, I just, I feel like there's a moment there that, that mm. has not been, that is not, you know, reconcilable to, to, Voters have a degree of skepticism down underneath a lot of their, you know, I want X. I am going to take a, a, a break for capitalism yes. right now because uh, it is, unfortunately, what we're dealing with. That would be my <laughs> position if I were president. Um, and we're going to come right back. I'm going to say for the record, I am not arguing with you to my fullest ability in part because I just want to hold in my heart the ability to vote for anyone, <laughs> whoever the nominee is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, I just, I, I'm just going to hold on to that. And I'm going to continue to hold on that during this, this break for capitalism. So we'll be right back. Postage rates have gone up again. Thankfully, Stamps.com eases the pain with big discounts off post office retail rates. With Stamps.com, you save five cents off of every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. That kind of saving adds up, especially for small businesses. Plus, Stamps.com is completely online, which saves you time. No more inconvenient trips to the post office. Stamps.com brings all of the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. And once your mail is ready, you just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It, you know, just like mail. It's mail. It's that simple. Stamps.com not only saves you time, it saves you money. With Stamps.com, you get discounted postage rates that you cannot get at the post office. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of expensive postage meters. There's no equipment to lease, no long-term commitments. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder that over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. And right now, 
My listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click the podcast microphone at the top of the homepage, and type friends. That's stamps.com and enter friends. This is something that people who do not wear bras, like, I think, obviously, literally will never understand. But the kind of bra you're wearing, the fit of the bra you're wearing can change your day. It's sort of life-changing. And Third Love believes that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day and with the right kind of support in all areas. They help her do this. Over 15 million women have taken the online Fit Finder quiz to find their perfect fit, answer a few simple questions to find your size based on breast size, shape, and fit issues. As I've said before, I had not realized that there were so many shapes of the girls to choose from, but there are. And depending on the shape, you may need a different bra. Every customer has 60 days to wear, wash, and put your bra to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it, and third level, wash it and donate it. Hands down, you will find them to be the most comfortable bra you own. I have many of them. I happen to be wearing one right now. I got another kind of discount from them to try out some new ones. I love them all. I really do. I would not do this ad if I did not, I swear to God. Their straps don't slip. They have tagless labels. And again, it's that kind of bra. I really think that's what makes the difference. And again, you get to try it on at home. And if you do not like it, it's not like it's going to go in the trash. They donate all of those gently used return bras to women in need. They support charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. There is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com friends to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com friends for 15% off today. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. All right, back. Capitalism did its thing. Yeah, capitalism. Thank you, capitalism. My love-hate relationship with you continues. <laughs> and I, I think we should keep talking about Trump because that's my happy place sure. with you. <laughs> I did an interview this week with an activist, uh-huh. uh, a great woman, very smart, uh, does a lot of cool things. Uh, and she said to me, I think we need to prepare for the possibility that Trump will keep the election from happening. Um, and she said, to, she said, she said, she said, I know that sounds crazy. I don't quite believe it myself. I don't want you to write me off as a conspiracy theorist, but I'm telling this to everyone because we should just have a plan just in case. Well, you know, one of my great personal adages in a long time in politics is a plan beats no plan every time. And yeah, I mean, but then I asked her what the plan should be because I was I was waiting for we stock up on guns. Well, I was just going to say, uh, have Um, you heard of Second Amendment remedies? (laughs) (laughs) As you know, I am a a gun owner and I am out of practice 
every time we talk about this shit, that is when I'm like, I should really. You get should to get the to the range. range. I always tell people like, <laughs> what, how you know, the people are always like, what gun should I buy? I'm like, whatever gun you're going to go to the range with and work with all the time and get yeah. good with. And I think safe I told you with. I have a vintage rifle. Yeah. It's not like it would do much good in, you know, a war. But well. I, we're not talking we're not, about we're that. Not, we're <laughs> not at that point yet. You know, and I, I – I, there was a favorite phrase for a long time on the right um, that that I sometimes wake up and think about. And the phrase is, is it too late to work inside the system, yes or no? And then the other question is, is it too, is yeah. it too soon to start killing motherfuckers, yes or no? <laughs> so, and, and people are going to get mad. And I are. am – I am pro-gun control. I'll just put that right out there. But I also believe that they should be available to those who can use them responsibly. That old argument that, you know, the Second Amendment is for the – is a tyranny prevention mechanism. Just think about that. You know, if if, if it is that – if it is that – if the pendant danger is that intense, just just for my progressive friends, just just think about it. Just ponder those questions because, look, Trump is – I do feel that's become more real for a lot of people. I will agree. <laughs> Trump is a a guy who who happily operates outside of the rule of law. Now, I am not um, – I, look, I don't think that if Donald Trump loses the election that he won't be dragged out of the White House. I mean, I, I don't think that if he loses the election, he's going to have a Praetorian Guard of Secret Service and military people who say, fuck you, we're going to keep him here. I don't believe that's the case. Um, I do believe that if the election's close, he may try something like that because he's a day trader. The guy is a gambler. He's always trying to make yeah. these like crazy plays that might work in some universe. And and so so I don't dismiss the fact that he might try some kind of shenanigans. And I, I, I actually want to point out mm. something, which is that we are living in this, you know, time of I, I think you and I can agree crisis. Yeah. It hasn't reached a bottom yet because who knows what the bottom is, but it is a crisis. We have had other times of crisis in this nation's history, most pointedly the Civil War, but also Reconstruction. And there are are times during Reconstruction that people who were democratically elected were forcibly removed from office by people with guns. So don't ever say it can't happen. No, and and look, I don't don't believe that it, it is impossible. I just think it's thankfully it's unlikely. thankfully sure. unlikely. It's unlikely. But look, there, there's also another part here, and I tell Democrats this a lot. You've got to win so big, it doesn't matter if he cheats. And if that means yeah. swallowing your pride on a bunch of different issues. Oh, you mean by more than 3 million votes? Well, I, listen, you know what? You know what 3 million votes and $4.65 <laughs> gets you, Anna? A fucking coffee at Starbucks. I know. I know. I just have to, you know. I know. To, you're you know, poking me. I love you. It, and also, it's true. Um, but yes, we have to have the the electoral college, and we have to win the electoral college by a margin where it's right, not where, even where no one wakes up in the morning and goes, "Well, they cheated in Wisconsin." It's got to be yeah. something where the hammer comes down hard, and and, and without that, um, without that, it's a much different equation uh, in the minds of most voters. They're thinking, you know, okay, well, you know, he, I guess he won, but if he. If he loses narrowly, I do think he's going to fight. He's going to at least throw it at the wall and see what Fox does. He's going to at least put it out there like, oh, I was cheated out of a year of my elect, of my of my presidency by Robert Mueller, so I deserve more. I, I, I think that's entirely possible he will say something cuckoo like that. And, and like I said, he's going to throw it at the wall and see what sticks. 
So I there I have two minds here because part of me wants to explore the stuff that he more reasonably might do. Like I I think you're right that he's at least going to tweet some bullshit right. like that. Um, I think he will tweet something like that. Maybe no matter what. And it's yeah, just a question yeah. of like how much currency it gets and whether or not he can say he was joking. Right. And then part of me wants to explore like how can we prepare? I am I am mostly joking about guns and food. Um, although with the state of the federal government as it is, <laughs> if one lives in some kind of area that's at risk of having a natural disaster, right. you might think of preparing your family, but also keep your guns safe. Because it's actually just having guns around that's a problem. Uh, and so as far as gun violence goes, I've done my PSA. Well, let me do my PSA because as 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 okay. as the as a uh, you know a, as a gun owner and a and a shooter and hunter, um, if you do own firearms, practice safety more than you more than you practice any other thing. Yep. Adopt the safety mindset yep. with firearms. It's it's one hundred percent your responsibility on how they're treated, stored, and and what happens in their use. So that's my PSA. Keep them away from anyone that does not have the responsibility to oh, use for them. For God, yes. Jesus. Yes. Okay. The other ways that one might prepare for a slightly less catastrophic scenario. <laughs> <laughs> what I do think might happen, for instance, is that he will refuse to participate in the election, if that makes sense. No debates, no one-on-one like recognition, just like kind of trying to like – by fiat, you know, pretend that he doesn't even have to worry about it. Right, to reduce the value of the election by by being a dick. Yeah. It's like somehow like the the it's it's like the Rose Garden campaign on steroids, right? Or Adderall as the case may be. You wouldn't have a rally next to my rally to compare the number of people we got, therefore this election's invalid. Yeah, 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 right. And like what about if he doesn't do debates? Well, I think there's a there's a uh, uh, a part of Donald Trump's ego that is so needy to be in the spotlight, and that and that the empty podium debate would shame him so much and would freak him out so much that the Democratic nominee was in front of the cameras by themselves oh. for an hour or two hours, just like throwing haymakers at Donald Trump. I think that would make him. Bonkers! I think he would lose his shit. Oh, but then he'd just throw another rally, wouldn't he? He would. He's going to look. His campaign model is basically the rally model. I mean, that that's yeah. all he's really got that delivers, you know, a, a publicly facing thing that satisfies him. And look, that's not to say that his campaign is not out there being run by very smart people who are doing all the things they have to do. And you know what? I know a lot of the guys that are doing his work. They're not stupid people. And a lot of those people, by well, the way, if if you had an Iowa on their watch, you'd be fired. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't I, – I tell I, – Democrats who some, – some, a lot of Democrats have come to be like, oh, he's so corrupt. He's so stupid. Everybody hates him. I'm like, you are putting yourselves in enormous peril if you underestimate the team and the money behind him and their willingness to do any fucking thing under the sun. Well, what I was going to say, however smart they may be, they they make up for the deficit in their ruthlessness and lack of morals, Hi. Right? <laughs> do like, you know me? <laughs> sort of like someone I know. <laughs> I mean, that makes for a lot in politics, it, it right? Is, like you don't have to be that smart if you'll right. do anything. And look, I, I can tell you, you know, a lot of the things that 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 I worked on back in my in my day in the in the Death Star were things that people 
you know, now are still appalled by, but they shouldn't be appalled by the reality of them. Those things are real. They happen in campaigns. They're going to happen in this campaign. And anybody who thinks that Donald Trump and his people and the guys who work for him are ever going to pull a single punch and go, oh, man, that's too much. We can't say that about Elizabeth Warren or we can't say that about Joe. They're out of their damn minds. These guys will burn down the school with the children in it to win. But the thing is, we have to be careful not to go there ourselves. And I don't mean when we they go low, we go high. Like, that's bullshit. I, I know. Right. When they go low, I get a fucking backhoe and start digging. Well, you know, don't <laughs> burn down the school with the kids in it. I mean, there has to be a limit of some well, kind. Well, look, I, I, and I do that. I, I, I've told people this for a long time. Leave the kids out of it. Leave the minor children out of it. Okay? Okay. I, I'm, I'm never going to go after Baron Trump. It's just not going to – it's not relevant. Is that, your, is, is that your only limit? I'm, like, actually very well, curious. Well, look, I'm not going to use false material. Oh, that's a good – that's a step. Because it blows back. <laughs> no, it blows back. But, it, it never works like people think it works. It's never as good as people think it is. Now, what about insinuating that someone, for instance, was sympathetic to uh, terrorists? Would that be something? If I had said that in a script, I would certainly own it up. But <sighs> what about using a script that – lists a series of votes that were taken and lets people draw their own conclusions. Oh, but Rick. You know, you look, I love the fact that the ad is that ad has become morphed in people's heads into something that it's not. And they they literally say things like, you made an ad where you put bin Laden's head on Max Clinton's body. And, you know, when they watch the ad, it's this junky little ad. It was meant to look like like it does. But it, 90% of the ad is just like, he voted on this, he voted on that, he voted on this, he voted on that. He says, he's for security, we don't think he's right. Boom. And and But that's part of the mindset, though. The, the, if you think that ad was too much, wait till this fall. Because the shit that's coming at, at whoever it is, is going to make that ad look like a love tap. So I don't know if I've ever asked you directly if you regret making that ad. I guess it sounds like you don't. Look. The ad, if if the ad was what people say it is, I would regret it, but it's not. And 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 the text of the ad, and the text of the script, never conflates him with sympathizing with terrorists in any way whatsoever. And you know what? If somebody brought me into the script idea and goes, "Let's say he sympathizes with Bin Laden," you know what I would have done? I'm like, "Fuck off! That's ridiculous." Because, did you know that it might communicate that? I knew what it communicated was that he voted the wrong way, and I knew what the polling told me was that voters in Georgia were very concerned. Remember, this is 2002. We are still in the hottest yeah. part of the post-9-11 you know, moment, and, and we knew voters were like, shit, he voted against the Homeland Security Department? And look, we know now the Homeland Security you know, did not— I was going to say there's more, more than one reason to regret yeah, that but ad. Look, I, I, don't have a, I, don't, I didn't have a time machine. I can't go. I couldn't have said. Yeah, but a lot of conservatives, a lot of conservatives were warning people about the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, but 3,000 Americans were still dead and the ruins were still smoking practically at that point. You know, it, the the moment it, it's easy to go back and like post hoc the moment and say, oh, well, everybody knew then and it would have turned out this and that. No one knew then. Well, I know. I'm actually, again, there were like libertarian types. Yeah. That were warning about that. Yeah, but. We're warning that the, the very fact that we're calling it homeland security seems kind of, you know, sketchy. And that if we just do this so quickly, like, 
I remember those arguments. Don't you remember I remember those some of those arguments, but mostly they were coming from Ron Paul. So I kind of dismissed him. Never stopped clock. What's that? Blind <laughs> <Stop> squirrel. <clock. laughs> I think he fits the blind squirrel model more. But okay. One of the people always ask me if I've ever talked to you about the ad. We have now talked mm-hmm. about the ad. I realize that it will be something that we may and, never And the only thing I can this. say to people is go look at the ad. Because there is a meaningful fraction of people who say things like, you morphed his head into bin Laden. You said he was friends with Saddam. No such thing happened in the ad. It's out there on the YouTubes. Here at With Friends Like These, we love Grove Collaborative, the online marketplace that delivers all-natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to your door. You may not know that Grove has a sustainable swap set that is the easiest way to start reducing your family's use of plastic. Silicone straws, reusable and washable sandwich bags, a refillable hand soap dispenser, gel hand soap, and a walnut scrubber sponge set. Now, you and I both know that real progress on reducing human impact on the environment is going to involve large companies making changes, but we can make changes too. You and I can make small changes every day. And I have found, if nothing else, I feel better which counts for a lot these days when I'm using sustainable stuff. The straws are cool. Uh, the walnut scrubber works really well. The sandwich bags are used for my my doggies when he takes his lunch to school, which is to say when I, I take his dog food to doggy daycare. So just try it out. And for a limited time, my listeners will get that free with your first purchase. That's free with your first purchase. And with fast and free shipping on that first order as well, going sustainable has never been easier. Join me in over 2 million households in using Grove for their healthy, sustainable home essentials. Make your home more sustainable this year. Also vote to make companies be more responsible. And now for a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co, that's grove.co slash friends, you'll get a free five-piece set from Grove so you can swap out plastic the easy way. You'll also get a free VIP trial, which will include free shipping. Go to grove.co.com grove.co slash friends to get this exclusive sustainable swap offer. Okay, so I've asked you about what ad you would make for Bernie or what advice you get Bernie. Mm. I, I would just, I'd be, I'm kind of curious if I can go through the other sure. nominees and ask you just off the top of your head, like what your ads would be. <sighs> wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you like a lightning round of of yeah, quick yeah, and yeah. dirties. I'm just curious. Um, yeah, because like we're getting to the point. We're getting to the nitty gritty. Amy Klobuchar. Right. Um, you go. Donald Trump thinks I'm a bitch. He will think that. I guarantee <laughs> it. But you know who I'm going to be a bitch to? The people who stand in, stand in the way of an America that works for everybody. The people who stand in the way of an America that believes it can be better than it is today. The people who want to turn back the clock on this country. So if you think I'm a bitch, Donald, you got it. And I'm coming straight at you. And if she will be carrying a stapler. No, she'll be carrying a fucking baseball bat. I mean, <laughs> not even playing. You know, you got to go right at it. You, got, you go at the attack. You go with the way he's going to attack maybe, you. What, maybe what you do is like I used to, you know, I was once accused of throwing a stapler at a staff <laughs> member. I will throw whatever it takes at Donald Trump. Like that maybe that probably wouldn't happen, but maybe like a dark money ad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that maybe. Be, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we've done Amy. Uh, All right. I'm just working up the chain here for Pete. Um, yep. You know, you do something with Pete that is very uplifting and optimistic and and also basically calls down the fire on a man who is going to attack Pete for being gay. 
Yeah. And he talks about it. You know, you know, my faith has led me to a place where I'm comfortable with my life and I know who I am. And I know that I know that my Lord teaches me compassion and kindness, and I love my husband, and we have a happy marriage. And, you know, if Donald Trump wants to challenge me on that front, let's do it, Donald. Let's talk about those things because I believe that I'm a better representative of those values and beliefs and, and da, 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 than, uh, than you can ever be. Something like that, you know. Yeah, and you kind of play up. I mean, we're so far, like, I think you're talking, I think, like a good strategist, former oppo person, lean into the weaknesses, right? Sure. Like, As and also, like, like, Pete gets like, yes, I am a brand new face. Yep. I am... I look like Alfred E. Newman, and that's okay because this yeah, is he not just, a joke. He just, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't try to be Barack Obama, which is what he's accused right. of a lot is trying to be the white Obama. Don't try to do that. You can't be Obama. Obama is sui generis, and he is a unique political figure on our landscape. And you're not going to. But 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 you borrow you borrow some of the like yes, I am new at this, not new at this, yeah. but I am right. a new face. But I'm going to yeah. take us in a direction that you're familiar with. Right, in a better – yeah, to, to try to be the, the, the country we deserve to be, that we all believe we can be, et cetera. Right. Um, okay. Lightning round. My so, okay. personal – my Liz, my, my homie. Liz Warren. Liz. Um, you do something with Liz that's a little off kilter. It's, it's, okay. it's not the plans and policy, Liz. It's, it's the fact that she's speaking for, for generations of women. Right now, yeah, but not in the way that Hillary tended to come across, which was a little bit, um, be careful, conflicted, okay, by her All history, right. okay. and yes. because she had a that. lot of she, sure. look, she had a lot of things in her history where where that was always an overlay for her, right, and 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 always and it's a sort true. of Liz does not have that at all. No, she does not have that, um, and I think it's, I think in some ways. The you know like the first woman president argument that Hillary was trying to use as sort of a, the centerpiece of her campaign is isn't weirdly more valid with Warren than it was for for Hillary. It's also not what you're using for Amy, which is interesting. No, because Amy's got a brand, and Amy's part right. of Amy's brand is like scrappy Midwesterner. Right. Um, I think in Liz's case, she comes out and and basically does the you know Donald. I know you're not as smart as I am. And I know you, you're you're much more selfish and inwardly drawn than I, than I have ever been in my life, but here's what we're going to do under my you know presidency. And and again, you don't get into the policy riffs, you don't go too deep into the weeds, and you well, don't. I think show- that she's this. Like, I mean, I think she's the strongest person to run on corruption, right? I do think that she's the strongest person to run on corruption, and that was exactly where I was taking it next. Um, yeah, good, because that's what you do. You do. I, you don't get into the policy. You get into the me- reason right. like you do, do the policy. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's Donald, you know, you promised to drain the swamp. You didn't. When I came to Washington to help drain the swamp and clean up a financial industry that was abusing poor people, taking advantage of folks who didn't understand the lending documents they were signing, um, and, you know, and, and people who were responsible for the 2008 crash, um, they didn't have to like me. I'm glad they didn't like me, but I helped clean it up and you've undone it. And you release right. the loan sharks, the payday lenders, the scumbags back into our communities. Da, 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 da. I love doing this. I love this. This is kind of fun. Yeah, stuff. I like the like, lightning round yeah, stuff. I actually, this is like going to be like my ringtone. Like Rick, <laughs> <laughs> Rick Wilson, like arguing for Liz Warren. That could make me ha- very happy on a on a moment to moment basis. Okay, this is going to make me less happy. I'm just going to try and keep 
the idea that this is just a fun lightning round you want hypothetical me to do Joe situation. Now, right? No, no. The other one. Michael. Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <sighs> just shaking it off. I know. Shaking it off. I know. Um All right. Best case scenario for the worst case scenario. Go. Best case scenario, Mike Bloomberg, straight to camera. You may not like me every day. And you know what? I'm from New York. I can be kind of an asshole, but I'm a straight shooter. I'm an honest dealer. I made my money legally and honestly. Donald Trump can't say that. I've got Donald Trump's number. I'm richer than you, Donald. I'm smarter than you, Donald. And you know what? You may have two feet on me, but I've got 50 billion on you. And you get into Donald Trump's head with this thing and you fuck with him. And it is basically you do a manhood test with Donald Trump. And it is a thing that Donald Trump hates. He is – and remember, we have to always keep this up. Donald Trump is a clown who lives on credit. He finds a greater fool lender every few years, rakes them over the coals, rapes and pillages through whatever banking system he gets into, and then starts all over again. Okay, this is what you can do, too. Like, I thought the attack during the debate on Bloomberg releasing his taxes was actually maybe not the best because I bet he does release his taxes. I'm pretty sure he does. And he can use that against Trump. Sure. Right? Sure. Like, he's like, look, I really am as rich as I say. Yeah, Donald, you know what? You, I've released my, I've released twenty years of my ten thousand page tax returns. You know what? You know what it shows? It shows that I pay my taxes, that I do my part, that I contribute, that I'm one of the people who has been so blessed and has as has had so much of a reward from the great system this country has built. I've paid my taxes, and I would pay more. But you know why you won't show your taxes, Donald? Because you're a chicken shit. Because you and I both know (laughs) that you're dead broke. You and I both know that you can't even muster muster the credit to buy a fucking used car. You and I both know that you're hiding your tax returns, not because they're under audit, but because you're full of shit. And, I, I believe that 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 would work. And, yes, and I think okay, Trump would. I think Trump would have an aneurysm right then and there. It's definitely well. People keep saying that's a weak point, and it just never got tested. And maybe it would finally get tested. Okay, and now, like, see, I used to think Joe was the worst case scenario, but then Bloomberg entered the race, so I'm actually feeling somewhat kindly to Uncle Joe. But I am, and he he is leading in the polls nationally, which shouldn't, which doesn't really matter. But he is leading, also has a, you know, he's leading in South Carolina at the moment. So probably is important to get this take as well. Go. I'm Joe Biden. You know me. You've always known me. I've been here for 40 years in public service. I never got rich off it. I never sought to, to, to gain any personal wealth by it. I've worked for people. I worked for the people of Delaware for 40 years. I worked for this country proudly as Barack Obama's vice president for eight years. Everything I've ever done was for the people of this country. Everything I've ever done was to make life better for those who who started out like I did with very little. I'm Joe Biden. I'm, uh, you know, you know me. You know who I am. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I am saying that I'll be a better president and a president who will restore some of the goodness of this country because the compass of my heart points toward the good. Oh, and nothing, that actually sounds like Joe. And nothing and nothing will stop me from serving this country to the best of my ability every day that God gives me on this earth. I've seen loss. I've seen pain. I've seen regret. But I've seen the great hope in this country. And I believe we can continue to be a country that honors the values 
of our immigrant ancestors and our forebears and restore the, the dignity to the White House that has been missing for too long. All right. That's about right. These are good, but very long ads. Oh, listen, I, I know you, that obviously. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. I am the, I, I, everybody, you know, who writes 30 second TV ads for a living knows what I call the tyranny of 70 words. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to tell the whole story in 70 words. But, you know, part of it is with an ad like that, you want to be telling a story that's truthful to the person. Yeah. And real to the person. And, and I think what I just gave you was me sort of channeling Joe Biden a little bit. But I think it was kind of real to Joe. I think it was. It, oh, I think you sounded. You sounded. I mean, obviously, you didn't literally, as he might say, right. sound like. I wasn't him. imitating him, but I was trying to to echo him. Yeah, and you know what? I think so. Here, I I just How, I that compass to of the so heart line pretty solid though. You what? got the compass of the heart. That is very. That, I a, said, that is totally that a pretty Joe. Solid that line. is very Joe, and he might go literally. He <laughs> <Right>. might. <laughs> literally, literally the compass, the compass of my which heart. I have installed in my heart. <laughs> That, you know, just as a writer probably bothers me more than anything else about the way Joe talks. Okay, so I thought those were all excellent ads. And I think that that encapsulates why there's a part of me, even though I get down, very, very get get down, (laughs) I have talked to so many Democrats that are ready to walk over hot coals, chew glass, Mm -hmm. listen to Nickelback, you know. Don't go too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eat shit, perhaps, literally, to vote against Trump. Yeah. Like, there is a deep, you know, Democrats, however united they may have seemed. And actually, if you recall, they didn't seem that united in 2016. No. Like— I mean, let's not let's not forget the same Bernie Sanders last night. It was like, oh, if this if this delegate thing is goes against me, it's an unfair system. Well, in 2016, he argued the exact opposite point. <laughs> Well, but but my point is, like, I think – I also think that the Bernie bros are either lying or not really Bernie supporters. The Bernie bros are Um, a myth. (laughs) Because, as you probably know, nine out of ten Bernie supporters in the uh, 2016 election wound up voting for Hillary Clinton. I think when push comes to shove, a lot of those guys and definitely the girls – um, will will do the right thing. It was the it was about for me. Yeah, it was about twelve percent. Um, yeah, voted for uh, voted for for Trump. Yeah, the question for me is those uh, the black and brown people, the African Americans in Milwaukee specifically. Right. Those are the people I always think of mm-hmm. as those who, when you give them the choice of, let's say it's Bloomberg, one racist against another racist, they might be like, "Give me, give me a better argument." Um, Look, I, so, I, I I will say this very very bluntly. Um, if the Democrats don't work the African American turnout problem, and and look, we know Pete has a problem. We know Bernie has a problem to a slightly lesser degree. Yeah. We know Bloomberg has a problem that's going to going to be like the the the, the goddamn Titanic. Um, if they don't work that problem and get African American turnout up. By about three to three and a half percent of where it was in 2016, higher, the game's over. That's the ball game. You know they lost 5.5 percent of turnout uh, off of Obama with Hillary, and Hillary's people were modeling them like, "Oh, it's fine. Yeah. We're going to get we're going to get at least half of that." I don't think they'll take it for I granted hope this not. time. I really hope not, because taking it for granted is a act of political malpractice that borders on suicide. 
And I think Hillary was sort of uniquely situated to take it for granted. Absolutely, right? because it was easy like, for Bill. Yeah. It was always. Yeah. I think everyone else knows they're going to have to work. Even Bloomberg knows. I mean, he'd have to work. Maybe he would personally pay. <laughs> I well, mean, I get it's no, illegal. But, but. Let's think about it. Look, Trump is out doing walking around money right now for black ministers. Is he? Yeah. Is yeah. he? He's, they're doing. Oh, I don't. They're I, doing walking around money, which, you know, if folks don't know what that yeah. is. It was primarily, you know, a, a, an artifact of a lot of the machine politics and the Democrats in major cities um, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and maybe a little before. It was payoff. Of basically paying yeah. off ministers to say, you know, from the pulpit on Sunday, you know, John Smith is the candidate who represents our people best. And yeah. it's— Unions, too. Oh, no, no. That's that my next point. <laughs> this also extended to union leaders and, and activists of all different stripes. And so— you know, Trump's team is doing this right now. They are absolutely yeah. doing walking around money. And let's just whistle a little bit. <laughs> just saying, no, we don't want to do anything. That would be that would be wrong all. to do something illegal. And I would certainly have that would be I would wrong. certainly have a fully engaged campaign finance attorney give you options for yes. ways you could stimulate participation in the African-American and Hispanic communities without violating a variety of federal laws, which involve cash and envelopes. And also just good policy, let's face it. That was, an, that was kind of a problem, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was a fairly consequential gap there. Yeah. So, and I think that at least all of the current possibilities talk a good game about policy. And Elizabeth Warren, again, homie. She also is the one who said the words that I think made a lot of people sit up and take notice, which is that when we talk about African-Americans and policy in this country, we have to talk about more than just criminal justice. Like, that right. was— Right. And, 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 you know, look, Trump's whole, like, Operation Kanye with this, um, you know, with the criminal justice reform thing, that's been something that a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives were focused on in the pre-Trump era. Yeah. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, I will cause some of your readers' heads to explode, but one of the biggest funders of criminal justice reform were the Koch brothers. Oh, it's the libertarian. They put a tremendous like, amount of resources into it because they both thought the power of the state yeah. was being misapplied to African-American youth. Oh, and also, I mean, a, a true—many libertarians also want to allow uh, those who are in prison to vote because—well, uh, not many. And but many do, be, absolutely. Because that—how how, how else can you check the power of the state? If the power of the state has the power to imprison you— Mm-hmm. then you should be able to vote in such a way that you, you know, can fight against it. Okay. Right. If the state can put you in jail and take your shit, you ought to have some additional yeah. <laughs> leverage. Okay. This has been really fun. I want to end on a fun note because, well, the, yes, the part about the turning out the African-American vote was not quite as fun. But I do think that I'm, I am, again— Hopeful you just got to be aware of it. That you just got to be aware of it. That is not going to happen again, and I don't think that it will. But um, I appreciate your time um, that I don't have of to course, pay for. Of course. Thank it. you I know you're expensive. Um, and, you know, we'll talk again. Uh, I, I rely on you in, 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 in a very serious way <laughs> to keep me from, from looking over that ledge. So don't, don't go to the ledge. We're going to stay in this fight till the last dog dies. No, don't, don't use that metaphor. All right. We're going to stay in the fight. We're just going to stay in the fight. We're going to stay in this fight. Long haul. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. You bet. So that is it for the show almost. I feel compelled to add a little bit this week. 
I was at Crooked Media headquarters a while back, and someone there asked me what the self-care stuff that I talk about has to do with the real purpose of the show. It's a good question. It's not obvious. And I don't know, maybe they're not closely related, except that I really, you know, am passionate about both things. In fact, I am lucky to be someone for whom self-care has to be a passion. It is a very obvious life or death situation for me if I do not practice self-care. I think that's true for everyone, but not everyone knows it. And this is the other way those things related, politics and self-care. In this dystopian hell world, self-care is what enables us to keep going. Self-care is what enables me to keep going, at least. I have been thinking a lot about what Susan Neiman said on the show a couple of weeks ago. Resignation is the biggest form of voter suppression there is. You can sub in despair or depression. Keeping going can be hard, even if you are blessed with a relatively normal brain and all sorts of other privileges. So I'm saying to you what I often need to say to myself. Feelings are not facts. Whatever you're experiencing right now is just that, an experience. It will pass. It will pass more easily if you can keep yourself from getting too wrapped up in it. Instead, look to the path in front of you. Do the next right thing. Whether that's petting the dog or taking your meds or calling a friend or doing a simple act of service like giving your partner a back rub or maybe knocking on a door or two for your preferred candidate. Just do the thing, the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. And don't forget that we're all in this together. And we can support each other best if... You know, you take care of yourself. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.